the free for all roundtable round two on round two let's say good morning to and like i say dowson nice to have you back you've been gone for a little bit so it's wonderful to have you uh bob you. reed is here principal at broadwaystrategy.com the man behind touchdowns and fumbles which you can hear on the jerry agar show on fridays Lindsay broadhead is here as well senior vice president of the toronto region board of trade so listen let's talk masking and very quickly because it feels like we've been talking about this for two and a half years but and like I say, Dowson, at least one school board in the Hamilton area is going back to masking. It's not mandated. It's recommended. I have a feeling an awful lot of parents are probably going to go for it because they worry about their kids. Yeah, and we know a lot of kids are sick. Like the the children's hospital here is overflowing with kids with respiratory problems. And in Ottawa, at the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario, they called in the Red Cross because they're so overwhelmed. So, yeah, I think it's a good sign. And I certainly never really stopped wearing masks like when i go on the metro and into the grocery store i mean that makes me a, you know the odd person out but i'm going to continue to do that because i i think the virus is still out there and i think we should all be careful yeah bob reed i think the thing i found most arresting in the last week was finding out that they actually were shutting down the palliative care unit for children in edmonton and that tells you everything you need to know about what we need to do to try to reduce the spread of viruses amongst kids yeah the level of urgency among among children and the 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 swamping of the children's hospitals is really unprecedented and so uh if a little measure like this can go a long way why not just put it on. Yeah. Here, here. Yeah. yeah. Lindsay Broadhead, again, like I said, we were going to deal with this very, very quickly. A lot of people still see a mask as some sort of a totem for something else. It's just a signal that you care about the health of people around you. Yeah, we have a unanimous vote here. Um, I'm certainly pro, uh, pro mask. It's a tool. It doesn't mean that you have a political affiliation in any way. It's a tool and it protects people. And if ever we were going to, uh, you know, come together as a larger community and fight for something, certainly it's if our kids aren't getting served by the hospitals in our communities. So, you know, it's a tool, folks. That's all. Okay, I want to spend some time on the Federal Auditor General report, because I think what I find particularly compelling here is that it finds a lot of people got a lot of money that they may not have deserved. And it seems that the federal government is ready to say, yeah, okay, but what are you going to do? Um, Bob Reed, we are talking about billions and billions of dollars here. Yeah, which is why I, I shake my head when I hear that attitude of, oh, maybe we should just forgive it. Maybe we should just let that go. Because last time I checked, Canada Revenue Agency doesn't just say, oh, yeah, you claimed a whole bunch of stuff on your taxes and got more money back than you were actually eligible for. But you know what? You keep it. That's that's just fine. There are mechanisms to track this stuff. There are mechanisms to follow up. Obviously, Ottawa knows who received the CRA payments because they issued the checks. They mailed them out. They e-transferred the money, however it actually worked. So there's a way to go back to those people. There's a way to flag those problematic ones and send a message and say, hey, we've gone through this. You actually owe us some money back. To, to not even take that step is beyond me. 
Yeah, and like I say, Dowson, I'd be curious to know if you have sympathies for some of these people who apparently, some of them, are on the low end of the income scale, and so they may not have the resources to pay back the money. But, you know, if if a bank accidentally put money into your account and you said you were poor, they wouldn't forgive it. No, it does seem a bit, yeah, there's obviously that issue, which is that sometimes you make a minor misstep and they come down on you like a ton of bricks. But I, I mean, I look at the overall figures, right? 200, uh, 211 billion were paid out and about 5 billion in overpayments. From what I could see in the article today, that doesn't seem like a huge amount to individuals. Like I, I kind of take the NDP's position on this. Like I think we should take a compassionate approach, but I think we probably need to go after the bigger employers and the people who are clearly undeserving. Like I see there's a huge range of people who got money, right? Including Stephen Harper's consulting company and a number of other employers. So I, I think maybe if we take a selective approach about who we're going after, that might be helpful. But I like 2.3 billion has been repaid voluntarily. It's not like everybody's trying to scam the system. And, I, and the auditor herself said that these measures prevented a huge fall into poverty by a big segment of the population and helped to relaunch the economy. So that money didn't go for naught. It did help. And nobody knew how to handle the pandemic. So I got to give credit to the Liberals for trying to reduce the suffering of the population in the face of an unknown, unprecedented crisis. Okay, Lindsay Broadhead, I'm kind of on the same page as Bob Reed that we can track this money, so maybe we should chase after it. I mean, the CRA came after me for a $500 fee, and they were not going to let go on that one. So I kind of figure if you collected like $10,000, but you were not eligible, then maybe you should pay it back. Well, I'd, I'd absolutely. I mean, I, I take Anne's wonderful points around the, the program itself, and I, I hope that's not even in debate. Um, you know, the, the program was such a success for what it did for the economy, for small business, for the worker. Um, but we don't want to set the precedent where if in the future there is a government, uh, you know, g- giving programs similar to this, folks think that, you know, that's a, a windfall. Uh, that is not a win. And $4.6 billion uh, in terms of what it could do for our social infrastructure and lifting up people more so is a huge amount of money. Um, we, we can't scam our systems, right? It, it has to be run smoothly. So uh, I hope we chase it down. This is a really unpleasant story, but I think it merits being talked about. It's the story of possibly two women who were the victims of a serial killer, and the belief is that their bodies were disposed of in what we can describe as a landfill, but basically it's a dump. And officials have said, you know what, Um, the chances of recovering these bodies are close to nil, so we're not going to try. And like I say, Dowson, I'm a big believer that everybody deserves dignity and death, but at the same time, I can kind of appreciate the argument that there's only so much of an operation that could be run at this landfill in order to locate these bodies. Yeah, and I I watched the video of the families and their plea for an attempt to find these bodies. Like, the first thing that came to mind when I saw this was the Robert Picton murder site in Vancouver, or outside of Vancouver in BC, where, you know, like, dozens of women disappeared over a series of years and nothing was done, no attention was paid. At least we're now paying a little bit of attention. But there is a problem of systemic kind of like 
or you know unconscious blindness to the suffering of indigenous women and girls and i think it would be good if they tried just made an attempt to see if they could locate the remains of these two women i know the odds are slim to nil but i think it would be an important gesture to make because i don't know i mean i it's so distressing to me to see how sexist and ridiculous the attitudes of institutions still are towards indigenous people in general and specifically indigenous women and girls yeah and bob reed i i can't even begin to think what it would be like to be a family member reflecting on the idea that their loved one is going to lie in a dump for eternity that's where I went first when you hear a story yeah. like this. You know, I I, I can't imagine how, how hor- horrific that must be for the for the next of kin, for the loved ones. But at the same time, I I have to side with the with the police on this. They've they've provided the information the best they can based on their investigation. But the size of that landfill, the size of that dump is really massive and tens of thousands of truckloads of waste were added to the site i think between the time that they realized that's probably where the bodies are and then tried to halt it even for a little bit like there's just it's such the proverbial needle in the haystack that uh, i'm with them when they're saying that we wouldn't even know where to start so we can't uh, Doug Ford effectively offering the, the I know you are, but what am I argument when it comes <laughs> to the green belt and Lindsay Broadhead. I get it. We need to build housing. That doesn't mean necessarily that everything that the provincial Tories have done, especially with some of these suspect land openings, that it is, you know, entirely be forgiven. It's funny how some of the taunts that we learn in schoolyards uh, (laughs) are actually the same we hold on to in our adult lives, too. Um, Yeah, um, this is is a tricky one. The the tying together of various bills right now and tying it to uh, homes being built faster is very complicated. And I I think we're merging a lot of um, different arguments together. Um, it's not clear to me um, at all uh, what this land is going to be used for um, or what it's being promised for. I know we're talking about homes, and that's certainly something that the, the Toronto Region Board of Trade, full disclosure, has advocated for huge. Um, but we need to tie it to the land use, right? Um, and, and right now, there's not much clarity uh, in the province or in our municipalities around how different lots of land will be used in terms of numbers. So um, it, I think what the Liberals did previously is actually red herring to the argument. It's not relevant at all. Um, but it does give his his team uh, the opportunity to be very abundantly clear, uh, very, very clear in terms of what this land will be used for. And we haven't heard it yet. All right. And we'll wait to see. I don't know if this will feature Bob Reed in touchdowns and fumbles by Friday, but I've never been a big fan of. Well, but other people did the same thing. We'll see. Uh, thank you all. Bob Reed, Lindsay Broadhead and like I say, Dowson. Catch the Roundtable, round one at 7.45, round two at 8.45. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.